Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For our radio audience here in Mississippi, we welcome you all back to the program at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. Also, just tuning in online worldwide, thanks to our podcast. We're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome Jari Bolander to our broadcast today. Jari has written a book that I think is going to help so many people, and it, it is a very personal journey for him that he shares, but it's something that I think all of us can relate to in some form or fashion, especially if you have been able to lose someone that you love for caregivers out there, I myself having been one myself, but also especially for husbands as well who have lost. I think you guys are going to find a lot of connections with this book. It's called Ride or Die, Loving Through Tragedy, A Husband's Memoir. We're going to talk to Jory not only about the sharing of his story in the book, but also what he was able to learn about himself and his own able ability to be able to move forward and what he's able to teach other people and share with them that they can be able to do as well. If you guys are just now finding out about Ride or Die, we will let you know how to get your own copy of it. Jory, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, Well, same here. I have to say, when this book was first pitched to me, I was excited about it because it is a story we do not hear enough. Uh, I've interviewed over 11,000 guests on this program, Jory, over the past 20 years, and very few of them have been men who have been able to share their own journey of of love and loss and, and of course, moving forward in life and being able to find their own happiness and and perspective. What has it been like for you to, to give a voice and give permission for, especially as guys, to be able to share our story and what we've been through? Um, well, it's been a little scary, to be honest, and, uh, but also a little inspiring. And, uh, you know, I just really wanted people to not feel so alone. You know, during my struggle, you know, with my wife, Jane, you know, she was going through her leukemia, and after she died, I just felt so alone, and I didn't feel that I had a voice. I, my story wasn't being told. I just felt kind of isolated. And even though I had tons of great friends and family and there was a huge support network around me, I just didn't feel like my voice was being heard or my perspective. And so I decided, you know, and one is part of the healing process to write about the experience so that it kind of lives outside my head. And two, um, I just didn't want men to feel alone if they were going through that. And And I think also... More importantly, you know, if someone's out there that loves a man that's going through something like this, um, maybe, you know, reading the book, you can understand a little bit about what's going on in their head and and hopefully, you know, kind of be that person that's going to help them out just a little bit. I mean, we don't need much. We just need, you know, like all humans to be, you know, loved and cared for, but also heard and understood. So, yeah, that's why I read it. And, and I love the fact that the things that you were able to experience with Jane and being able to share that with us is so important. One of the things that you were able to do as a release, uh, Jory, that you read about in the book is the care circle. Talk to us about that. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you to be able to have that as an outlet and a way to also be able to connect with others too? Yeah, I mean, the care circle was a brilliant idea that my uh, my friend Troy came up with. I mean, just A-plus idea. Uh, 
partly because of one of the things that was abundantly clear was that there was so much uh, communication going on. And, you know, I would get a phone call. I would get a text. And I was just inundated, to be honest, with all the real um, outpouring of not only, like, support for, for Jane, but wanting to know what was going on. So this care circle is basically a Google email server, <laughs> like, real simple, yeah. you know. And uh, literally just would write these email updates, uh, partly just so I could understand what was going on because – you know, I'm not a doctor. We had a lot of doctors in Jane's care circle. Um, but just for me to, like, synthesize what was going on, this is the treatment plan, this is what they're telling us, and to also get that feedback, like, hey, does this make sense? You know, share, sharing what was going on and just found it just so powerful and comforting, I think would be the word. You know, I didn't, you know, I felt alone a lot of times, but, mm. you know, sending an update to the care circle, sending that email, really trying to connect with the other people, knowing that there was a shared struggle there was was really, gosh, this is so powerful. And a lot of, you know, not a lot, well, no, yeah, a lot of those emails are actually in the book too. So, you know, you can see like as it was happening, you know, which I really wanted to capture that this is what it felt like. How much of, of writing this book, Jory, how much of it was part of your healing? Huge, huge part of it, huge part of it. Um, I write to make sense of the world, and for me, you know, things rattle around in my head. That's one of the reasons I am anxious, and sometimes I'm a bit more curmudgeon than most, you know. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like I always say I'm the Bill Burr of, our, of the friend group, you know. <laughs> I'm always like, well, what's this guy coming, coming across us? Um, but for me, I just, I just needed to – needed to put it somewhere that didn't rattle around in my head, you know, and this has been a common thing I've done my whole life. So it was only natural for me to like start doing it. Um, I think one of the kind of major challenges um, as I was going through that was, you know, there's, this is a lot more heavy subject obviously than what I've been used to doing. Um, So I had to really, you know, feel, feel like I was, you know, not only doing the healing and writing it down, but also there was a huge responsibility of getting the story right. So, yeah, um, you know, it's an evolutionary thing, obviously, when it comes to writing. But, yeah, it, it was a lot of things, but it, it did help me heal for sure. I want to read what you said in the book um, because I, I thought this was interesting. And, again, I think all of us can relate in some way, especially us guys, and our feeling of rejection or fear of rejection, how it can keep us from, from getting the help sometimes that we need. You say this um, in, in the book, Jory, for those who have the paperback edition on page 115, I had learned about the power of community or lack of it, actually, the hard way during my divorce. I was glad that Jane had encouraged me to build friendships and connections. The care circle was the best example of the importance of staying connected and not being afraid to ask for help when needed even though every time I asked for help, the failure lump would rise to the back of my throat. The other thing I thought about was, this is me speaking as the reader here, Jory, so I definitely want to ask you the question. I think we got to see your own strength in this as well. Did that Was that something that you saw too, how, 
how there were there was the the fear of course of the unknown there was the the anger the emotions that came but there also was the way even at the end you're able to give yourself these pep talks really uh, about moving forward what was it like for you to see your own evolution in this book yeah i mean that's a very astute point um it wasn't always that way it didn't always feel that way that i was you know making progress but i think as I wrote through it and sort of understood, oh, I actually was growing and learning and actually becoming more resilient as time went on, and partly because of, like, had to learn on the job, basically. I mean, no one really teaches you. There's really no manual for caregiver, running a company, trying to be a good spouse. I mean, it's hardly ever. I mean, I tried to write at least one person's perspective in this, and not necessarily the manual for how to do it, but hey, these are some of the things that I learned along the way. And, and more importantly, I think some of the training that I did in uh, endurance athletics uh, was pretty critical because a lot of times when you're, you know, doing long day endurance events, you want to quit. Like you want to quit all the time because you're just in suffering. It's like physically, mentally draining. And, you know, some of those tricks used for that was just like, hey, just one more second, just get to that that telephone pole, just make it to the next rest stop because then you can kind of recover, you know, take a second, take a knee, just, you know, those sort of pauses because, you know, it gets overwhelming. I mean, I was overwhelmed so many times. Like, gosh, I couldn't, couldn't even count how many times I was overwhelmed. And um, what, 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 I, what, I, what I wanted to, and I thank you very much for, that, for that, those kind words about trying to show that you can actually get through it. You can actually – evolve and learn and, and, and adapt and overcome. And, you know, I'm a better, I mean, my attitude's, you know, better than normal. I mean, I'm not some, some person that's like super positive, you know, better than decent guy when it comes to attitude yeah. online. <laughs> and if I could do it, you know, I mean, honestly, if I could do it, like you, anyone can do it. And, that, and, and And that's what I was trying to portray, not only – bear witness to the story and the struggle and who Jane was and just the whole life and the love and just the loss, you know, but also like, Hey, you know what? If you find yourself in this position, you can do it. And it sounds cliche, but you actually can. If you, again, yeah. if you have a better than average attitude, I mean, you, you know, you were a caregiver. Well, how did, how did that, how did it, when you were reading this, how did that kind of feel? You know? Yeah, and that's why I came from this perspective. My radio audience knows, uh, Jory, for my grandmother's last nine years of her life, I was her primary caregiver. And and it, it was, it, you know, she was not expected to live after she was diagnosed with um, with renal failure and going on dialysis. She wasn't expected to live three years after that, and she mm. lived nine. Wow. Um, lived, wow. she, she passed away. She would have been 100 this year. And wow. I, I think, yeah, so she was 91 when she died. And, and I, I think about, I did, you know, the meals three times a day, you know, helping her take her medications, giving her shots. and But that was our relationship. And at the end, it was, it, the last year was very bad. It was horrible. And we, right. and I thought about that as I was reading your book and thinking about, there was an episode, I, it actually, it kind of reminded me actually reading your book of an incident where they were trying to give her a shot and, they couldn't find a vein, so they kept sticking her, and she was getting so upset. And yeah. I thought about the scene that you wrote in the book about, you know, 
them then kind of questioning, okay, did we go deep enough? Why is, he, why is your wife feeling pain? And I thought yeah. about, you know, those things that a lot of people don't know about and your helplessness in that. So it was yeah. good for me to see, to feel a connection with your words, but also, you know, the the fact that, you know what, uh, even though there are, you know, people who will never understand what it's like unless they've gone through it, um, that you can be able to still that life, it's okay for life to go on. And my grandmother literally said to me the day before she died that I had given her my best. It was time for me to give myself my best. And wow. uh, that was the gift she gave me the day before wow. she died. And she told me, I want you to go and live wow. your life. Um, and yeah. so, I, yeah, so I, a lot of that did come up, I have to say, in reading your book, uh, Jari. Um, but I think, that's the, I think that's the beauty of this, right? I don't know you, but I feel a yeah. connection with you through these words, and I'm sure you've heard that from other people. What was that? What has that part been like for you to feel like you're telling someone else's story? Well, I mean, I was very nervous about it, to be honest, right? I mean, I'm the one that survived, right? You know, Jane, yeah. Jane died, so I'm the only one that can bear witness to the story, and I have to be true to the story, and you have to trust me that I got it right, right? And so... Yeah. What I found that has been really beautiful, and a lot of really good feedback, and a lot of the friends and family that have read early drafts and have now read the final draft, um, they say the same thing that they they got to relive what Jane was like. They could hear her voice. They could they that I captured who she was, and even people that didn't know her uh, were would say, "Hey, you know, I think I know who she was. I I can I can sense that." And boy. You know, that just gives you goosebumps when when someone says that you captured the story, you were true to it, you bared witness to it. It's – that was the thing I was the most worried about, you know, because, again, like I'm the one telling the story. I'm the one that's still here. I have a huge responsibility. One, I have a responsibility, obviously, to to never forget who she was and the love we shared and also, to your point, to your grandmother who – Boy, when you said that, I got goosebumps all over. <laughs> it's just she's what a what a wonderful woman to say that it's now time for you to to be happy and move move on. I don't think you ever really move on, but you know, move forward in your life. And that's exactly what Jane said to me. You know, yeah. and and it, it's when people love you so much that in their last and final days they're worried about how you're going to handle it. I mean, you're just the most blessed person on the planet. I mean, how, what more, what other gifts can you have, right? Other than they're here, obviously, but right. just, so, so I want to ask you yeah. a question because I went through this myself, Jory, and we're going to remind our audience, of course, how they can get the book. And again, as I said in the intro, I know that people will feel a connection to this or know someone that this will really resonate with. What was it like for you to realize that you could go on? I thought about my grandmother telling me that the day before she died, but it took me – I went through depression after after she died, and and it took me a while to, to, to want to, but also to see how it – because my whole life has now changed, right? And, and you yeah. experienced this as well. What was it like for you to realize it was okay, that it was okay for you to live, it was okay for you to love, it was okay for you to find happiness and to enjoy life? Yeah, I mean, I think it had to do with Jane's attitude, her demise. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was sad. She didn't want to die. 
of course. You know, she was 36 when she died, right? It's just horrible, yeah. you know, like n- not a full life at all. I mean, she lived a full life in those 36 years, believe me. <laughs> we, you know, we, we definitely lived a full life. And I think for, for me, it was just her telling me in no uncertain terms over and over again, you know, look, I want you to be happy. I want you to find love again. I want you to live a great life. You know, I, I, that's how much I love you. And And the other thing that I realized was that, I mean, the best way to honor her is to do that, you know. So, you know, I, you know, had the same, you know, got a little depressed and did all the wrong things you do when you're depressed in a, in a man, right? Do all the drinking and all the, the, the drugs that just to try to numb, numb the pain and fill the void, you know. And I got lucky, to be honest, and I met a wonderful woman who is now my fiance, and she was just so kind and considerate and just helped me kind of realize that, you know, I, I was guilty, of course, because, like, gosh, like, how can I find love again? But but more importantly, she, she, she made me realize that I could still love Jane and love her. And yeah. that was a gift, another gift, right? Like, how lucky am I? Right? I mean, <laughs> how much more luck can I get, right? So for me, not only being able to say, hey, I'm going to love again and I'm going to honor Jane by loving and living a fulfilling life, meeting someone in my fiance Minerva who is, like, not only supportive of me but supportive of my love of Jane and not any of the, you know, jealousy or anything like that, just like literally like, gosh, she was a wonderful woman. I wish I met her kind of thing. And then writing a book about this to sort of contribute in in one sense, helping other men particularly, you know, get over, get through, you know, grow through a horrible circumstance and a horrible thing. I mean, gosh, like if I never do anything in the rest of my life, I mean, I'm living James' legacy. I'm living my legacy. I'm living the legacy right. that, that Minerva and I are building together. So it's just, it's just real. Yeah, I, I mean, it's almost had to be told, you know. Yeah, you you say this in chapter 26 of the book. I think again, again, another connection I could feel, uh, Jory, with this. You said, "When I came out of the fog of tears and fury, I remembered the honest and loving conversation we'd had." She'd given me the gift of telling me she wanted me to be happy after she was gone. If I know anything about what love is, it's because of Jane. And I think that is the gift, you know, that the greatest gift that anyone can give us, right? To be able to know what love is and what it means to love, right? And, and I think oh, yeah. in, in, oh, yeah. truly in, in, in good and difficult times. What is your hope then, Jory, as people are, are now getting to know you through this book, through conversations like this? What do you hope that when they read Ride or Die that it does for them? Well, I, I hope that they get a perspective on, on who Jane was and uh, feel a little bit of a connection to this wonderful person that's uh, no longer with us. I, I hope that they also realize that if they have to deal with something like Jane and I dealt with, that they have the strength and the courage to, to do. Again, I'm a better than average, not that great kind of attitude on life, and I got through it. I think, I think we're stronger than we think we are, and when there's a loving, loving bond between two people and, you know, you you take those vows, right, you know, sickness and health will death do you part. I think and feel that I 
I fulfilled those vows, right? And what's interesting yeah. is I feel like I fulfill those vows every day to her because, again, I want to live the best life I can. So, yeah, I just hope that if someone's going through this, that they don't feel so alone, that they read the book, they find some comfort, they share it with their family, they share it with another man or woman that's going through it. And just not to feel so alone in the struggle, you know, it's, you know, we, we live now in, in trying times as, as has happened throughout all of history. Right. And, right. you know, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of negativity discussion. And I, I, I just really feel like, look, we, we have a shared humanity, no matter who we are, like your grandmother never knew her, but the beautiful you telling me, I know a little bit more about you and about her. And, and, and it's a shared humanity. We're all going to face right. death. We're all going to face the death of a loved one. We hope that it'll be quick and painless and they'll live a long life to 91, which is just beautiful. But sometimes they die early, right? And I yeah. think our shared humanity is in the acknowledgement that we are all going to have to deal with, no matter who we are, have to deal with these sort of things. And let's just take care of each other and, and you know, be kind and thoughtful and compassionate towards each other. So that's what I want people to to realize and get out of it. Well, it's it's a great message, and it's a great reminder for all of us that we all are connected. I think a book like this definitely reminds us of that. Again, everyone, Jory Bolander has been our guest. Ride or Die is the book, Loving Through Tragedy, A Husband's Memoir. It's out now. You guys can get it through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. It's published by our friends at Spark Press. So you guys can also get it through their website at GoSparkPress.com. Jory, really appreciate this time. So glad to have spoken with you. How can our audience stay connected with you? Yeah, so uh, I got a website, JoryBolander.com. You know, <laughs> publicist is like, yeah, you should have a website for your author stuff. So I did it <laughs> begrudgingly. <laughs> um, you know, like I'm that guy now, right? No, I'm kidding. Right. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. You know, my name's pretty unique. <laughs> so. Right. Easy to find me. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, appreciate anyone that picks the book up and reads it, and you know, sort of, hopefully, can connect. And again, I just want people to not feel so alone in the struggle. I mean, you know, a lot of, well, it's just, I just feel that that's just a problem we're going through generally, and yeah. especially through hard times. You know, when you deal with something like this, you just like, gosh, what do I do? And hopefully, um, you just won't feel so alone. And, you know, those you love, say you love them <laughs> every day. Right. Every day is precious. Right. Every day is precious. It really is, man. It, it really is. And that's such a great reminder. And it's something we take for granted, unfortunately. Right. Uh, I That's another conversation Sometimes I had with my grandmother do. the day before she died. I was, I'm not a big I love you person. And uh, I will share this story with you that I said to her the day before she died. I said, I know I don't say it. I said, but um, she told me you don't have to say it. You showed it every day. And that was, again, part of the gift because I'm not – my mother's a big I love you person. I'm just not that – I've never been good at that. But the fact that she could feel it, um, you know, yeah. that meant a lot. You know, so, yeah, yeah it meant a lot. But, Jory, really enjoyed this. Thank you again for the time and looking forward to speaking with you again. We'd love to have you back. Ah, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time and uh, 
Yeah, stay safe and good luck with everything. Such a great show. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.